Hey everyone, welcome to the Self Agency Advocate Podcast. I'm your host, Amanda, and this is a space where we explore, discover, and share tools, techniques, and wisdom to help you build and maintain a sense of agency. ideas about and want to get into, please, please drop me a line. You can find us at the Self Agency Advocate on both Facebook and Instagram, and I would absolutely love to chat, so let's connect. Awesome. Well, welcome everyone. Super excited for today's guest because you're somebody who was actually recommended through people that I know. And they were like, I would just love to hear a conversation between the two of you. So I always love when that comes about because obviously there's some kind of magic in it. So Nikki, I am so, so excited to have you here because from what I've gathered of who you are, you have conscious business ownership, you have entrepreneurial festival creation, you have women's empowerment, sexuality coaching, and then kind of everything in between, which is like, what don't you do? And I'm so (laughs) excited to hear everything and see what comes of this. So to start, I would love to hear more about kind of who you are, what you're up to now, but how you got here. Like, what did that journey look like And how did you get to where you are now? Yeah. Oh, thank you for having me on the show. I'm super excited to be here. Yeah, totally love your energy. And yeah, conversation between us is going to be super fun. (laughs) Um, Oh, okay. So what am I up to right now? Uh, Yeah, to start with the present, it's been a really interesting year. Um, A year, I think, like it has been for many, there have been all these plans and then life is uh, universal spirit or whatever you believe in has said, you know what? Yeah, that would be fun, but we're actually going to do this now. And so I was meant to be in India, uh, furthering my study of traditional Tantra in a beautiful ashram, Shrinkali Mm -hmm. in the north of India. Uh, meant to be in Africa, just on sort of like a soul's journey. Uh, meant to be in Spain, teaching, running retreats in Bali with my babies, living, um, unschooling them for a chunk of the year where they can drop into their initiative again. They can drop into what moves them without sort of putting their hand up and asking to go to the toilet or being forced into areas which they don't feel ready to develop in like extreme logic or maths or critical thinking. Um, So there's waterfalls and, and bushwalks sort of a more important, but you know what, we had kind of avoided winter all um, for the past three to four years. And this has been a a winter, not only externally in Auckland, which is not the most beautiful place to be in winter. (laughs) It's kind of gray and cloudy, Mm. but um, really an internal winter where Franco and I um, were sort of running along, a surprise pregnancy happened, and then a miscarriage, uh, only a couple of sort of like at about 10 or 10 or 11 weeks. So Mm. not super early, but you know, not super late. That really derailed us. It, It forced us to really look at a lot of what was going on regarding how busy we were and how potent our skills are and our ability is at manifesting something. Mm. We were reminded if we wanted something, we have to call it in. Mm. 
and we are to, um, to watch where the energy is being leaked around us because we took on so many projects even in this winter and we were really burnt by it but where we are right now is feeling in a beautiful place of kind of spring coming out of that time now mm. um, holding each other tighter than perhaps ever before after just taking some some breathers and pausing and, and wow. taking time off social media off everything we do and we now are looking forward to this upcoming event and festival season mm. with so much excitement we've invested lots into beautiful um, online experience with the with the websites and stuff the NZ Spirit Festival and Resolution Festival two festivals that are alcohol free family friendly transformation based not just a music festival um, and diving deep into our own online offerings so really committing to relationships sex and intimacy in our own life so we can share that with congruency with everyone beautiful 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 that's so amazing so it's been it's been a bit of a roller coaster really yeah. it's been like a massive roller coaster because on top of that i have three daughters um they're 8 10 and 13 and frank mm -hmm. has two daughters and so you know we got a lot that we're balancing as uh -huh. already um, oh. but I don't know after, after those dark times, you know, I used to avoid them. They would freak me out. Right. Like mm -hmm. there's nothing in our culture that helps us through that. There's no acceptance of shadow and darkness and healing or any really encouragement to feel in order to heal. Yeah. But it is, it is so important. You know, we can take pills to numb it. We can like do all this, like we're given all these sort of tools to avoid, but tools to dive in is what I'm really interested now because mm -hmm. we definitely dove in deep and um, dove in, dived in deep. And yeah, it was, <laughs> I think it's paying off. We've got greater clarity than ever before on what we want to do and how we want to do it. Cool. So I'd love to hear what that looked like for you. Like what were some of those tools that you ended up finding? Because I hear so many different people find so many different tools. And I think that's the beauty of a journey is that everyone is so unique in it and they find what resonates along the way and they kind of leave other things that don't work. But we're, we're kind of starved of that information in mainstream culture and society. And it's like alcohol, drugs, numbing, like do those things and you'll be fine. But for those who are like, no, I need to be with this, but I also need to hold myself in safety. I need to know that I'm okay as I dive into this. So what did that look like for you? What was that? Yeah. Well, I realized that because I hold space for so many, so mm -hmm. on a personal level, and I think many women will, um, you know, and men, but women in particular have this. I know one of my strengths is, is a lot of patience, a lot of tolerance and a tendency towards nurturing or nurturance. And so I hold my children, three very diverse, powerful daughters. I hold my lover who has got his own mental health challenges up and down expressions that he's really um, uh, open about. I hold sometimes two to 3,000 people for four to five days at a festival where I'm kind of like the final backstop if anything happens with Franco, of course. But mm -hmm. um, 
But there I hold a lot of coaching clients, women undergoing huge transformations by looking into their sexual life, their intimate life, how their relating world is a, is a mirror of how they're showing up in life mm. and, and realizing that and, and guiding them with, with love through that because it can be very confronting. Yeah. And so I realized I was actually making myself more available than what I had availability for. Yeah. And I think that's a tool. The first tool that I would say that I've learned is radical self-responsibility. Mm-hmm. Because it's like, oh, no, it feels really good to give. And I just got so much energy. And, and then life was like, really? Well, we'll have you bleed out almost to the point of death. I lost over a third of my blood supply. Um, and you can physically see your life force draining away. And that is a metaphorical or very physical <laughs> representation of what's happening energetically when you're not self-caring. And so that was like, wow. And what I could do is like refuse to look into that and move on. But instead I just felt that. I felt that message from my body. The miscarriage as well. It's like, of course another baby would be wonderful. But it's like, if you want this, you need to call it in consciously. That was my desire. It wasn't like another mistake, another trip up, another like divine intervention. It's like, no, find the time, prepare the body, get the mind sound, and then really step forward with, with embrace. You're at that stage. I'm not 20 anymore. Like I'm 34. I'm ready for this. Mm. Just, I don't know. It's quite a brave way of living. Um, but fortune tends to favor the bold right? Mm-hmm. And, I, and I know that with Spirit Fest. I know that with Resolution Festival. Starting something, even my, my sex and intimacy um, work is like, be prepared to step on the edge. Because if you don't, you'll only ever get what everyone else is getting. And that's like three or four feet from the edge. Yeah. And so I, I want to live like that. And mm-hmm. I want that to permeate every bit of my being. Um, you know, sex and intimacy and sex magic as well. So important. That's another thing. Like Franco and I had got so, so busy with a bus in the driveway that we were renovating to live in throughout festival season to all the children, to website designers and Facebook business managers and PR. Oh, I can't tell you. And then we'd go out and people would stop us. Oh my God, you run the festival. Wow. My heart is so happy. Never in my life would I have thought that it would be this abundant and oh, but ourselves, when we would be alone, it would be like, I've got nothing to give you. I've got an empty cup and He's got nothing to give me. And it would, yeah. we, we weren't caring for each other um, on an, in, an, in ways that, you know, that's where we need to feed our energy. That's where we need to prioritize with self and with our beloved and with our babies. Like keep the circle small. Yeah, um, yeah that's, that's the, some of the big lessons. Yeah, that we I'm hearing a lot of boundaries in that. A lot of like setting those boundaries in a way that, you really had to get to know yourself in so many different ways of like, what do I have the capacity for? How is it that I can show up for others while still showing up for myself? How do I keep that circle small and sacred and contained and held while still being a face to the public and still holding right. others? So this did you it. find that you had to communicate your boundaries any differently when all of this was occurring? Or had you already had a practice of boundary setting? Because I think boundary communication and actually speaking that can be so difficult for so many people. And that's where that energy can be seeped. And we can give to the point of having nothing left. 
So what is a courageous communication or a compassionate boundary setting look like for you? For me, it was like getting real with the fact that I didn't need to accommodate all that I was accommodating. Mm. We, I, had, I had a lot of expectations on who I, how much I ought to be carrying. Yeah. And that was, that, was a, that was a deep process of entanglement because I was a mother at 20. Mm-hmm. I was never really, you know, I went from child or teenager to mother. And so I learned that um, to hold another and to care for another, to prioritize another, that, that comes very second nature to me, to prioritize self, not so much. And I'm looking over, the, over the, the journey of my life and realizing that even throughout my marriage, there were times when I would prioritize divorcing my own spirit instead of losing the relationship, prioritizing connection with my partner or my husband at the time um, over prioritizing connection with self. And mm. I work with so many women on their inability to orgasm or their numbness in their yoni or their, and, and often a lot of this is caused by trauma or a dominant belief that they are not worthy of, um, of connection, of truth, of speaking what's alive for them, what's mm-hmm. of connection with self and that they that they've practiced serving so much that they've got an internal shutdown mm-hmm. and so i'm seeing it reflected in my work that i'm doing i'm working really courageously and and honestly with it myself i'm seeing how it's dripping away now that i've felt like faced it it's no longer this monster or this subconscious drive yeah. and our house is peaceful the children are happier mm-hmm. Our, you know, really important part for Franco and I is lovemaking and like I said, sex magic and Mm -hmm. dropping into that space from there. A lot of abundance comes, a lot of clarity with the business comes. Um, It's it's a really potent form of medicine for us, more so than I've experienced in any other relationship. Mm -hmm. Um, So giving ourselves time for that. Cool. Yeah. Mm, There's so much in that. There's so much goodness. So... When, at what point did you kind of discover the power of sex magic, of intimacy, of personal ownership and coming back to yourself rather than appeasing to others? Because I think a lot of the time sex can be really used as a power dynamic and it can show up in so many different ways and very traumatizing ways for a lot of people in different relationships and a lot of hurt and trauma or re-traumatization can come from those sexual dynamics within partnerships. How is it that you've navigated those or help others to navigate them? Mm -hmm. And when did you really discover within yourself oh, this is really important and I really need to pay attention to this and dive a little bit deeper into it. Yeah, I think I always danced with the idea. So mm-hmm. when I was at university, I studied I five degrees and all of them are uh, in, in ways um, reflective of my desire to get to know myself at a core level. And that is essentially what sexuality is, right? It's... Mm-hmm. It's speaking, um, it's uncovering bodily wisdom using the voice box to voice that because the, the body doesn't speak in conventional ways, mm. but reading signs, reading symptoms, reading um, the ways it whispers and then living from that place. Mm. 
So I studied the feminine mysteries and um, in ancient Greece and Rome. Uh, I studied childbirth education and um, teaching women who had limited access to information and education regarding their birth choices. Mm, uh, sex education. Yeah, sex education as well. Teaching high school students. What does the curriculum say? What's required from yeah, New Zealand? Um, mm in New Zealand schools. And then I even went on to study psycho um, or psychology through the Institute of Psych, uh, New South Wales Institute of Psychotherapy. I studied perinatal attachment psychology. Mm. And that was to do with um, the first relationships that we have as little babies, how they form a blueprint for that for every other relationship in our life mm. and how we can rewire some of the, the patterns if it didn't quite meet us as a child. Um, so it, it, it continued throughout. And I, I was in one relationship from 15 to 30, one man, one penis. I didn't have this that- crazy, yeah, right. I didn't have this crazy teenage twenties. And then when I became, then when I was 30, I realized that something had to shift. I knew deep down that there was more and that we had dropped into a dynamic, which was much more like friendship. And I loved him dearly. There was no fights. There was no arguing, but I I knew that I had to leave the relationship at this point. Otherwise, when I was 40, my children would be 20 and I would feel a sense of resentment that they were able to experience a freedom that I never allowed for myself. Mm. And it wasn't like I needed a thousand penises or to do whatever. I just knew that I needed to honor whatever message was coming up. So after that, I had some beautiful encounters with people and then went on to meet um, my beloved Franco. And I, in this time, it's not like I, I have this a whole lot of trauma or heartbreak or my 20s weren't littered with men who left me. Mm. I've always had no problem asking for what I want, being open to what another wants, mm-hmm. diving deep sexually with someone. Yeah. I've never had a you know, string of one night stands that we haven't really talked about. Everything is clear. So my whole sexual experience um, or what I teach really comes from my own lived experience. And it's not like men can't hurt you. I I know this. I've had Mm -hmm. as a child and growing up, I knew women around me, my family line, abuse is there. But but in terms of my body, I've always, um, my mom would teach me, you know, how to keep yourself energetically safe. And Mm. she was not one to say, don't sleep with people or like, you know, like don't at all. In fact, I think my relationship is longer than any of my parents' relationships, you know, they're like, they're different to me, but, but, you know, she was like, Nikki, you know, this is your body. Contraception is up to you. Do not ever rely on another. Here is your, um, you get to say what energy stays in you and what energy goes. Here are some tools for cleaning energy. Mm. Um, you, you, you are up to you. Yeah. And that's what I've carried through, really. My teachings is like this, yeah, from my, from my mom and from my nana. This is like this like quite, this ownership of self, um, this fullness of self. You can't make love to someone if you're in need. Yeah. Like, oh, fill me up, make me feel good. Like, it just gets, it's problematic. Yeah. Um, and not talking about intentions is silly as well. It doesn't serve. What does that look like? What does talking about intentions look like? Because I think what I've heard a lot of women that I've spoken to 
have come from a very different place, a very different place of multiple relationships, multiple one night stands, multiple traumas, multiple heartbreaks. And it's to the point where they feel as though they are there to serve the man. They are there to make them happy. And it's to the point where it's almost like, well, if I want this relationship to work, I need to do what he wants. And for me, no, because <laughs> it's, it's two people coming together and both needs need to be met and both people need to fill themselves from a place of self and then allow the other to meet them where they're at and vice versa. So what does it look like to actually get to a point where you feel powerful, confident, comfortable enough to actually speak those intentions. Cause for some people that's such a vulnerable place to be. Totally. You know, I want to say like we, we, to a large degree, like we create our own stories to a large degree. We reiterate the <laughs> stories that exist already. And you know, if someone thinks, Oh, we're here to serve others, they are opening themselves energetically to being heartbroken and to being, to having those stories validated. Yeah. So it starts with the mindset of the woman because she gets to choose, you know, and I'm, I'm acknowledging, I'm acknowledging abuse. I'm acknowledging rape. I'm acknowledging all of this. That's, that's, that's not what I'm speaking to right now. Mm -hmm. I know it exists and I know that I'm not, I'm by no means, um, belittling it or saying it's got anything to do with the woman's role in that sense that's just a disclaimer there I want to make really clear yeah but she gets in 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 the standard interactions she gets to say say who comes inside she gets to say how she acts towards him she gets to choose what beliefs she nourishes and feeds in any kind of relationship so if your relationship has fallen into the dynamic or if you're relating with a whole lot of different men and you're seeing a whole lot of the same stuff then mm. it's such an epic chance to say i am the common denominator in this mm. turn the mirror around and like look itself Mm-hmm. You know what? Dad didn't really give a fuck about me when I was little. And I am playing that out over and over, begging someone to change it for me instead of like owning it myself. Mm-hmm. Or I just don't think my body is worthy. It's never looked like I wanted it to. And they just keep reminding me of it. And somewhere inside that feels fucking good. Yeah. You know, or I don't know, we can keep going with all these negative beliefs and they are, they're the ones that you need to look into and you need to either feed it or you need to starve that thought because mm-hmm. it's not serving anyone. And I think that 15 years, oh, yay, marriage. Like, you know, that wasn't an easy journey. Someone who's got a similar story to me, I think will understand, like, that's a whole lot of, um, of loyalty. <laughs> that's a whole lot of, really trusting and really journeying through some dark shit with another, constantly providing a mirror for you, raising three Mm -hmm. children, triggering you, choosing again to stick together, to come home together, um, especially through some very tumultuous years. So no matter how your 15 to 30 looked or is looking, Mm -hmm. um, there's there's a lot at play, but you just get to choose. And I would always say this, when you look back on this time, Do you want to say, ah, that's when I made that change? 
that's when I decided to change things up or uh, I kind of did it for him or I still played into that or I did it even though it was wrong or I pushed through my body's signal. Like what story do you want to tell your daughter? Mm-hmm. When you're looking at her. If, if you were your own daughter, what would you say to her? Oh, keep acting as you're doing. Like it's fine. Yeah. Or, or it's, or it's, t- or, or no, you're worth more. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's a big one is speaking to that, that inner young girl who went through whatever it was that she went through and coming back to that space of flipping the script and saying, okay, well, what's next and what am I building towards and creating? Just like I get to choose. Yeah. This is, you write the script. (laughs) You write the script. It's going to go how you say. And fuck, that's scary because what if you don't want to be in control? You haven't even really practiced that before. Well, let's look into that. You know, whatever your, whatever your um, hesitation or your comeback is, that's where you look. Mm -hmm. And when you name, when you name that, you tame it. But I've just got this belief right now that maybe, maybe if I dump, if I left him, no one else would want me and he's the best I could get. Oh my God. I've just said it. Thank God. It already feels smaller in me. Yeah. You know? Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And I think it's, there's something magical in that moment of sharing and those moments of saying it out loud and literally getting it out of your body and saying, okay, I don't feel worthy. I don't feel good enough for this. I don't feel like anyone else is going to love me and actually getting it out and saying, Oh, those are words. Those are words that I've been saying. So what else could I say instead? And it's having other people there and building that support system. So what would you say is the most common, if there is one, the most common reason that women work with you? Is there a kind of common denominator that bring people to you and they say, Nikki, this is what I'm feeling. Can you help me with this? Is there one? Yeah. Confidence, you know, intimately. Yeah. Confident, intimate confidence uh, and unsatisfied with their relationship Mm. with either themselves, how they're relating with men or in their marriage. Yeah. And they say like, oh, we see you as someone who is confident. We see you as someone who has had these children, but still c- takes care of your body so that, you know, you can like show up in this way and you're not afraid to be both sexual and successful. How do I be sexual and successful? Yes. Let's get into that. Tell me everything. <laughs> yes. Okay. Well, first of all, there is this common um, energy at the moment, which is, is masculine. Mm. Yeah. Now I don't mean men. I mean the masculine that exists within us, just like the feminine exists within us. So there is two strong competing yet complementing energies that dance within every being regardless of their gender. But the masculine energy has become quite distorted, quite domineering, quite dominating and Mm -hmm. is, and is, and is providing a, almost like a suppression of the feminine. So our leaders, our our leaders, they are never dressed, um, you know, like women. They're often dressed in pseudo men's clothing, not quite the same. There's some color, a bit of earrings or whatever, but Mm. there's never a woman really embracing her feminine as say a school teacher or a leader, um, prime minister, the the corporate, like, oh, I couldn't wear this to a corporate meeting. I'll have to pull it up higher or or something like that. There's, 
the sense that breasts are less thin or that breasts, um, or should we show something like cleavage or our belly or our hips or that this is not, sim this is not symptomatic of, um, well, this is not indicative of strength, leadership, commitment, that that's somehow dodgy or sneaky or is going to pull people away because we're afraid of the feminine. So yeah. first of all, dress for your feminine. However that looks, that could be, that could be kind of like in a super kind of masculine kind of way, or it's like, I'm going to be braver, show a bit of leg, rock up to this meeting. Yeah. And because this is yeah. how I feel, not, not for, not to lure anyone, not with any kind of strange agenda on anyone yes. else, yeah. but because today this is what's going to help me speak from my truth. Mm -hmm. Dressing like this is going to enable me to um, embody what I want to say better. And this is an important meeting. Yeah. Yeah. And you're going to get a lot of throwback, especially I'm in the promotion industry. People will say, can I speak to your partner about this? And I have five degrees and he left school mm -hmm. at 14. So any email is often from me because this is my skill. He's got many others yeah. and they will, they will address the email just to him instead of me. So, so you're, you're going to be, you're, there's going to be a throwback, but in terms of sexuality, it's like I hold that just as important as I do how I eat, how yeah. I parent, how I live. My vagina can be spoken about with just the same tone as my elbow. Yeah. I'm not <laughs> putting it on you. I'm not making yeah. you look at it or do anything. I'm just saying yeah. the word, you yeah. know? And so, yeah, I think, yeah. I think the magic of orgasms, the health that happens in a relationship when two people are focused on their sexuality and wanting to rise. Mm. A well-fucked woman is fucking powerful. Yeah. And she is, and she is unstoppable. And I think that if more people just knew, or if more people, yeah, if more people knew how to do that with their wives, if more women knew how to ask for that, there would be a lot, a lot more balance in that in that imbalance yeah. that I spoke about. Because it's a suppressed energy. It's a suppressed, it just kind of stays in the body and it has nowhere to go and it has nowhere to flow because it, it feels like, oh, I have to stay in this little container. I can't be expressed in that way. And that's You've got money life. issues, money issues. Yeah. Look at your relationship to your sexuality. Can't find your purpose in life. Look at your relationship to your sexuality. Struggling yeah. with, um, your creation, like you used oh, to be super yes. creative, can't anymore. Look at your relationship, your sexuality, putting on weight, losing weight, can't control the body. Unsure physically what, look at your sexuality. Mm. I think that it's so, it's so obvious, but it's so hidden. And all we see are fake breasts, Brazilian butt lifts, fake eyelashes, um, and this obsession, the sick obsession with youth and with yeah. like young like just like don't age and don't change that we are kept so small because our power as women is so feared right and a it's woman that feared. doesn't need like that's feared like a woman that doesn't need anything she's dangerous yes a thousand she's so dangerous. yeah and that's the thing is like okay let's just contain that and put a lid on it because if she ever finds out how powerful and incredible she is, we're all in trouble. And it's like, no, we will all rise up. As soon as all women know how magical, sacred, special, powerful they are, 
watch out world because it's going to be a whole new incredible place to be and I think that's a big part so true where we start with that though is we looking at our own inner dialogue regarding our own radiance and our own magnetism Mm -hmm. right? Because if I'm like, ah, just believe in me, look at, look, believe in me. It's still my shadow feminine coming out, trying to manipulate, manipulate you to give me some kind of external gratification. Yeah. No, I have to just be super, super, um, chicken balance system between the feminine and the masculine. Like he's got my, my feminine and I, and and they're, they're in their own little monogamous dance. Mm -hmm. So when I walk into the world, I don't, I can smile, I can feel free, I can feel radiant, I can wear what I want because I am the gatekeeper of my own divine union. Mm -hmm. I'm not longing for that in fast food, looking for it at the gym, pulling my partner to meet me. He's just not meeting me. He's not filling me up. Um, how how I desire it to be. I'm, I can, I've got that and he is an enricher. The gym enriches me. The beach enriches me. The work enriches me. Exactly. But ultimately, it's like within. Yeah. Um, so watch yourself. Like as soon as it's like, okay, so where do I start? It's like within. Always. And tantra, tantra, traditional tantra teaches that as well. You know, the path of enlightenment and awakening begins with deep self-inquiry yeah. and the, the willingness to drop a whole lot of conditions and programs that we've inherited and we carry on our backs that cloud us and squish us and unable you know, and prevent us from living our full yeah. self. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I think that's why the work of self-agency is so crucial and so important because if we're always looking for that external validation or we're always looking for something or someone else to fill the gaps or to make us feel better, it's not sustainable. It's not healthy. It's not something that's ever going to work long-term. And it does always come back to that self-reflection piece. How do I feel about my sexuality? How do I feel comfortable showing up? How do I feel about communication and what is my relationship with finances? Mm. And it always comes back to my, me, mm. I, how do I come back to this and let mm-hmm. the world around me take place, but come and show up from me and come and show up from a place of I am and everything else follows. And I think that's so, so beautiful. So if you were to tell someone, here are the top like three things that you could start doing right here and now to start getting in touch with that again what are the the questions they could ask themselves or the experiences they could have to start the journey back to themselves what would that look like i think it's (laughs) on the spot (laughs) i think i think firstly they have to have an open-hearted willingness to see maybe what they don't want to see. Mm. Mm-hmm. The spinach on the teeth. Spinach on the teeth. To become radically self-honest with the ways in which they're showing up. And yeah. that's number one. They have to do this little ceremony where they connect in and they go, yeah, 
okay, I'm ready. And I did this when I was 30, actually, when I, I was feeling like far out, things are going to shift for me and I don't know how. And mm-hmm. I had some laryngitis all the time, this block in my throat. I, I was, I had, I had the flu, like I never had the flu, never once. <laughs> I was uh, not in my vibrancy at all. I was teaching at a high school hours and hours and hours a day, trying to parent three small, I was, I was so lackluster. And I decided to go to this festival. And as I went up the hill, I said, I quit. I quit chasing happiness. Give me truth. What am I not seeing? I am so ready. Yeah. And it was, a, it was a deeply powerful moment because it was this crystal mountain at the top of the South Island, Luminate Festival, a beautiful epic mm. festival. Yeah. And the, over what, what unfolded over the next eight days was, was horrific extraordinary ecstatic and life-changing and my whole life changed from that moment so there is don't underestimate the importance or the power of such clarified manifestation yeah Yeah. number one number two in terms of an action step right away look for where you are leaking your energy on connections that do not uplift or bring a sense of truth to your life Mm. so we don't want any spiritual bypassing like oh he's probably really good for me because he's really pointing out what i'm like need to work on but he's not uplifting me he's not positive vibes only so see you later yeah no 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 no. get that out of here it's more like the girlfriend who's like oh hey what happened i've got another fucking awful story to tell like the naked like anything anything that leaves you feeling flatter not more inquisitive to self but flatter, ditch it. Yeah. Um, and so getting, getting stricter, uh, be the gatekeeper of where your energy goes, you know, Nikki's lesson mm-hmm. for winter. <laughs> yeah. And lastly, number three, um, dive into a self-pleasure practice. Mm-hmm. Start to explore what feels really good in your body. Start to yoni gaze. So sit with your legs open in front of the mirror and allow whatever arises in you to come through, whether it's tears, hate, love, softness, fear, mm-hmm. and just, just set yourself 60 seconds to start and then hold yourself afterwards knowing that you're not alone, that you're safe, that mm-hmm. seeing this part of your body um, it's not going to be perfect if it is your, your, your unique. And if it's not, you're like all of us, even, <laughs> yeah. the, even the confident ones. Yeah. Who, who, who think, um, yeah, that worry as well. And just hold yourself and know that the next time, maybe let your Yoni know the next time someone goes there, you're going to, you promise to really make sure that they're going to, um, that you're going to communicate your feelings clearly. Mm. That before you're going to really let them know what you want and what you desire or what this interaction means. Mm-hmm. And if they are not going to meet that or you don't feel safe, you're going to say no and you're going to be fine because you were fine before them. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. I love that. Because I think that all three of those, that whole practice really shows yourself, your body, your mind, your spirit, your psyche, that you're on your team. And that you are there for you. And you're like, no, you know what? We are claiming back our power. We're stepping into it. And I've got you. 
I've got yeah. you no matter what. And I'm going to speak up for you. I'm going to be my own advocate. And I think that's really, really beautiful. And I love that you gave exercises as well as things that we can look at in our thoughts because that's, mm. that's the thing. We can get caught in our head a lot of the time and think, okay, mm-hmm. as long as I'm reflecting, I'm doing the work. It's like, no, but how are you stepping into that work? How are you embodying it? How are you? Is this no action? It's not the work. We, I see many women, especially in their 20s, like, yeah, I'm just doing a lot of contemplation. Like, <laughs> man, are you, are you seasick yet? Like, I would just be seasick. My mind yeah. would take me, like, on a trip of the Pacific. Like, it was yeah. like, up and down. <laughs> you, yeah, vomit everywhere. You need to, like, think and then, okay, quieten down the monkey mind and put something into action. Yeah. Um, that's the yeah. key thing. A lot of our sisters, I feel like the, you know, in the early twenties, kind of mid twenties, yeah. they're in that boat right now. And yeah. that's work of the inner masculine. Okay. So the envisioning, and, and I, and I actually have a 10 day course coming out on insight timer for women, the world's mm-hmm. largest med- meditation app. It's, it's super good. And I, I do that. this whole practice where we envision our inner masculine, like as this Oak tree, of stability and security and reliability. Mm. And we take that transmission and, and meet our own inner man who's been there the whole freaking time. And we name him. It's like, Nick, yo, How wow. And I'm sorry that I didn't tune in with you when I was trying to get what you can give me on the outside. And wow. I love that you're so in support of Franco now because you know, he brings me so much love and joy, but that this relationship is the most important within. So mm-hmm. and, and he's also like, Nikki, enough talking, get up and do it. Like he's the one who whips my ass if I'm like, oh no, <laughs> I'll think about it another couple of weeks before yeah. I release that podcast. Do I start that creative thing? He's like, no, get the pens now. <laughs> yeah. 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 Oh, I love that. I love that so much. And there's, there's so much to be said about sexuality and creativity. There's so much in that. And I think it's so true that a lot of the time we can be in a space of why can't I find my purpose? Why can't I tap back into my creativity? Why is it so easy for others to just be in flow and this Mm. and that? And a lot of the time, it's because we're so disconnected from all of those parts of our being and all of those mm. aspects of ourselves. And I think sexuality just has so much to do with it. And unfortunately- How you fuck is how you do everything. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it really, really is. It really is. It's a direct translation. Like, if you think about your last sexual encounter, how much of that do you see in your daily life? Are you timid? Are you silent? Are you thinking about a million other things during the process, just wishing for it to be over? Like, how does it relate to how you show up in all of your other interactions? Because I would venture to say quite a bit, quite a bit. Totally. So imagine the, the magic of practicing conscious, connective, communicative, sexual relating. Mm-hmm. seriously the next day you're like right no yes more less of um yes to that oh my god i've got this great idea you know like yeah. it's it flows on yeah and like it's thoughts that you never even thought that you could have you're like oh where did that who where did that come from and if i go <laughs> back like all of me is here in this moment and you're like oh thank god 
And it's a journey, right? It's a practice. And I think it's really important to let people know that it's not always going to be perfect. It's not always going to be great. Rainbows and butterflies, perfection. I don't even perfect. know what that is. Like, I don't no. even know what, I don't even subscribe to it. I, I don't know what it is. Um, yeah. It's never really been a, a major thing for me, although I would, you know, if I'm sabotaging something, that'll be a big reason. Oh, it's mm-hmm. not quite ready. You know, yeah. it's not, it's not a roast lamb. You don't need to wait. It's not a chicken. You don't need to wait till you don't get salmonella from it. Like just throw it out there. Yeah. Be brave. Be exactly. bold. Fortune favors the bold. Yeah. Do the thing. Just do, do the thing. Absolutely. That's what you need to say. Yeah. Like, that's kind of been my like motto. Like just do the thing. Just mm-hmm. get it out there. Like with the podcast, even I think about when I was prepping for it and thinking about it I was like oh well maybe like these conversations will just be for me and maybe I'll just learn from them and it was that moment where that like little inner cheerleader is like nope press publish and I was like yes do the thing (laughs) go and do the thing and then all these types of conversations happen like and that's what it's about is fumbling along the way but embracing those moments of beauty when you get them. So true. And that is so, so important. So I have one more question for you, which is hands down my favorite question. I absolutely love it because I think it gives a lot of insight into how people are viewing the world and what's really important to people. So when you think of the world right now, whether it be locally, whether it be globally, whatever that looks like, is there one big change that you would want to see made or one big norm that you would want to disrupt and what would it be and why? So I would like to see sexual education uh, have a focus both on consent and also on pleasure in schools so that we grow up with more of a, you know, not just knowing how to not have sex or how to not die from having sex or get some like dreaded illness, but also it be taught by people who have done a lot of their own work so Mm. that they're not handing down their own insecurities or weird unevolved um, feelings or pains or traumas to, to our young people. Yeah. I'd also, I'd also love for parents to feel Uh, or to know the importance of healthy relating and talking about sex and intimacy in a, in a healthy way with their children, Mm. because a key, um, a key, a key factor for if your children go on to have healthy and satisfied uh, intimate lives is if you demonstrated that. So for all those parents right now, all those parents to be, it's so worth clearing things up, not just for your own life, but for your future children. Absolutely. That is so true. And I think back to a lot of the sexual education that I received and the conversations that I grew up either having it, having or listening to, and they're full of fear. It's full of, oh yeah. well, you're going to get pregnant or you're going to get AIDS and die. And you're like, Oh, so true. God, sex is terrifying. Yeah. Like, why would anyone yeah. want to do that? And so true. That conversation is just, it does such a disservice, such yeah. a disservice. Because then 
I think contraception would take care of itself in a lot of ways because you'd be so much more aware of what are the possibilities, but you're in choice and you can say, like, cause I do believe contraception is important, but choice oh, is yeah. most important. How do you want to go about contraception? Is it condoms? Is it birth control? Like what is actually best for you? Not what so is it that we can put on to you. So I think true. that's really, really valid. And I think, man, I think it would just change so many of my encounters in high school, in college. I There's so many, like, no regrets, but, like, it could have gone differently. It could have been a lot <laughs> better. <laughs> Let's just say that. I love there's that. Lots. Yeah, there's yeah. a lot of encounters where I'm like, is that, is that how that would have been the healthiest way to handle that situation? Probably. I love it. This is you live and learn and then you do better. So true. And then you just like, no matter if you had 150 partners or one or you, there's, there's, there's pain, there is regret. Yeah. There's like me, it's like, man, like imagine the twenties I could have had, you know, should we go down that track? Right. Uh, No one ever does it right. And it's never going to land in you. Okay. Unless you make the decision that whatever happened, you are now owning, you've dispelled any shame, any guilt. Yeah. And you are walking ahead, embodying that. Mm -hmm. And and I see women who have had horrendous pasts, like terrible things happen, strings of STDs or lost babies or men who have acted horrifically. And they are just, they did their work. They owned it. They Mm -hmm. dropped what wasn't theirs. They forgave, but they didn't forget. They, Mm -hmm. and now they're just rocking the most healthiest epic relationships because they chose, they they choose that. Yeah. And they chose to break the cycle. Yeah. And I think that's a really beautiful point to bring up is that it can change. You are not stuck where you are right now. You do not have to continue on the track that you're on at any point. There are so many resources out there that can help you begin to make that change to build the strength and resilience in you so that you can take back that control and you can change anything that you want. We're so changeable and we're so resilient. And I think that's a really beautiful, beautiful point to bring up is that no matter what's happening, we can do this. So I love it. I love it. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. What a special conversation. And I love that we could just dive into all of the goodness with nothing held back. It's so special to be able to do that. And I will absolutely be linking out to all that you do so that people know how, where, when, why to connect with you. And yeah, I just want to say thank you for the work that you do and how you show up in it. It's so special. Mm -hmm. So thank you, Nikki. Oh, thank you so much. I love the conversation and I love you bringing these conversations to people. So thank you for the work that you do. Mm, Thank you. Yeah. Hey everyone, welcome to the Self Agency Advocate Podcast. I'm your host, Amanda, and this is a space where we explore, discover, and share tools, techniques, and wisdom to help you build and maintain a sense of agency.
you so much for listening. And if there's anything, anything at all that you want to explore or you have ideas about and want to get into, please, please drop me a line. You can find us at The Self Agency Advocate on both Facebook and Instagram. And I would absolutely love to chat. So let's connect. Mm -hmm.